1: I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to The Tom Sumner Show. Hey,
4: good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and we start out uh, today in the uh, first of uh, a three-part series where I uh, am scheduled to go one-on-one with all the candidates running for Flint City Council in the election to be held in uh, early November, and it seems only fitting that I start the uh, the series out with the uh, first ward and the incumbent there, who's probably—I don't know—in my opinion, probably the best-known uh, Flint City Council member uh, on the council, Eric Mays. Hi, Eric. Welcome to the show.
6: Yeah. Good morning, um, Mr. Tom Sumner. Thanks for having me.
4: Um. Eric, let me let me ask you this, because this is one of the first things that, that people are going to think about when it comes to the city council. It seems that the city council is uh, very often running into very long meetings and not always getting the agenda accomplished that they set out to in a particular meeting. And a lot of people think that that's in some way, your fault that that you are disruptive and obstruct the meetings. But what I want to ask, Eric, is how do you see what's going on in those meetings? Well, I see myself as not um, obstruction,
6: not as an obstructionist or disruptive. Um, I see myself as a person that has produced results being um disruptive when necessary for example um when i first took office um we had an emergency manager the goal was to fight that type of government and get the emergency manager out and we had to do that in a lot of ways we were facing a 12 million dollar deficit um, we end up um, fixing that. And I was finance chair for a period of time. And we ended up with a $24 million surplus fund balance, they call it. And um, we had to make some tough decisions and we got the emergency manager out. My first term went from Mr. Dane Walling to Mayor Weaver. And um To be frank, we couldn't get Walling to do certain things that we could get Mayor Weaver to do. And one of the strategies I was involved in was declaring the water emergency. The record would show Dane Walling wouldn't do that. And Mayor Weaver did that. And um, they thought I was being disruptive. When I was arguing with Dane Walling, about the water before near Weaver came in. So, you know, I can take the criticism, I can take the constructive criticism, and people don't like um, my techniques, but I'll continue to use them because they work, and the people I represent appreciate my fight. Um, right now I'm fighting um, with Kate Bills and I think people have now started to see um, what I'm doing. So I'm going into my third term. I'm unopposed. Um, the only way they can beat me is a write in I don't think that will happen. I'm looking at a five-year term, and I'll, I appreciate the continued support of the people in my ward. I don't think the majority of the people think it's my fault. I think they see my technique, what I'm fighting for, and the issues I stand for. And I think the majority of the people are on my side.
4: What should the council be focusing on, Eric, in in your opinion? A a lot of times you seem to think that the the council is headed in the wrong direction. What's the right direction?
6: Well, I think, um, as I said earlier, the council has... Accomplish some things, and I've been in the middle of it. We had to correct a financial deficit and get the emergency manager out, and it took five council votes in maneuvering. If you look at the old council that I came up under, you had Scott Kincaid, Jackie Poplar, Kerry Nelson, Juan Twiz Davis, Vicky Van Buren, people. I um, was watching to see what would happen. I said they were not focused on moving in the right direction. I wanted them gone. They said they wanted me gone. The reality, they were gone. Right now, we have people who I think is obstructionist and focused in the wrong direction. Kate Fields, Alan Griggs, Santino Guerra and the majority of five we're facing a 17 million dollar projected deficit in the budget um when the emergency manager came in it was 12 million the five or four council people that I just named Eva Worthing, Kate Fields Santino Guerra Alan Griggs they endorsed Mr. Neely In my opinion, they were wrong. In less than two years, they've decimated that $24 million surplus, and we're facing a $17 million budget deficit. We've got $47 million set in an account since May the 19th. Here it is, October, and we haven't um, planned and publicly spent it or even plan to spend it publicly. we in the middle of a garbage contract where those four or five have voted for it before they knew what each company will do. So common sense. I don't worry about the minority group of people who says Councilman Mays is disruptive because when I go to the grocery store, when I go to the corner store, when I go to church, when I'm out in the community, people are telling me, keep doing what you're doing. We understand your fight. We're with you. You're right. And get those folks together.
4: You mentioned... um the fact that there's a write-in challenge in your ward but this is interesting this year for people who follow political campaigns write-in candidates don't typically get anywhere it's very unusual to have what happened in Detroit for uh, Mike Duggan a few years ago that's that's uh, you know kind of an aberration Uh, you know that doesn't happen very often but this year Not just in your ward, but there are five people running as writing candidates. Why do you think so many?
6: Um, Can you hear me, Tom? Yeah. I believe that, you know, the old saying, controversy sells newspapers. (laughs) I believe with my style of politics and my way of Trying to get things done, it has made the council interested. You didn't. You don't just have write-ins. You had a large number of people um, apply. Uh, I think it was eighteen of them who didn't get their signatures, and now some of the same ones want to be a part of this part of the community so bad that they're doing write-ins. I believe write-ins can be successful, but you have to really know how to do it and communicate um, with the public as to the mechanics of how to do it. I'm not sure at this point, because people will start voting absentee um, in a week or so, and I don't see a write-in candidate who have really communicated the mechanics properly and need people on the ballot with absentee ballot voting will get a head start and if you get a hundred votes or two hundred votes, it's gonna be hard for a rider to catch up at the polls. And so, you know, I just think the controversy sales newspapers, the political fight, um, that I've been in on this council, fighting for what's right, fighting for the best interests of the citizens, um, fighting for the proper spending of money proper services that has attractive attention and so i think that even though you don't have nine council people city-wide the um attention and the techniques sometimes people uh, might say that my techniques are a little different and i agree when you pay an attractive attention um Time and people want to be a part of it. Everybody thinks they can do better, and I know for a fact some people can do better. They could do better than me.
4: They could do better than others, and um, they just want to be a part of it. Eric, you mentioned the uh, trash contract, and we've got a couple of minutes before the break here, and and I just want to ask you because it's been kind of contentious. It's been well. No pun intended, a little bit messy. Uh, what's going on with the trash contract? Who should be collecting the trash in the city of Florence?
2: Well, I think the
6: lowest responsible bidder, in this case, GFL, um, saying that they could save the city between 3 and $9 million for the same or similar service. And I've heard in council meetings Mike Brown give misinformation i don't know if it's intentionally is it a lie is it a mistake um but i've heard repeatedly bad information and i've heard the lowest responsible bidder in my opinion at this point gfl crying out that's not true about us i've seen this neely administration disqualified priority the one who these five council people take bills i put her at point, voted on, before they had publicly vetted. And what I mean by vetted, they hadn't publicly compared the two. They didn't know the details of the service. They had not um, did that publicly. And they voted to give a multi-million dollar three-year contract to a company who's going to cost us between three to nine million more. And so when I see things like this, and the public can see it. And then when I try to ask the right questions in this garbage contract, you had Kate Fields and others wrongfully trying to block information. Mr. Neely and his administration is being subpoenaed now. Um... Tomorrow, Wednesday at 4 o'clock, and you got two lawyers trying to block people from coming to the table talking facts and figures about something they should voluntarily come to the table to do. The government is transparent, honest, and open, and Mr. Neely is giving orders to people not to show up and talk about city business and taxpayers' dollars in a council meeting. Where do they really do that at?
0: Eric,
4: I have to take a break here, um, but I'd like to talk with you some more. Can, can you stick around for just a few minutes and, and, uh, and we'll pick it up on the other side of the break?
6: Time I've known you over the years. I love to do it. I heard a commercial saying stabbing or listening. I hope they're listening <laughs> now. Thanks for having
4: me. All right, Eric. My guest is uh, First Ward Councilman Eric Mays. He is the incumbent running for re-election in the November Flint City Council election. We're going to let our broadcast partners at 92.1 FM squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. We'll be right back.
0: Hello, out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. ti double g That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner's program
3: on account of because he's so
0: bouncy. woo <laughs>
3: hoo
5: Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmers market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. This is Congressman Dan Kildy, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
4: Welcome back, everybody. We continue uh, our first of several uh, interviews with candidates running for the Flint City Council in the uh, November election, starting out uh, this morning with uh, the first ward incumbent candidate, Eric Mays, who's with me by phone. Eric, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that.
6: No, thanks for having me, Tom. I don't hardly listen to some of the and stuff and i'm listening to these commercials i graduated from north in 76 with dan killed the <laughs> music communicate with Anna Nick, and i'm like listen to these commercials for so, tom you own from 9 to 12 monday through friday i'm enjoying this i appreciate you thank you so
4: much well i've got one of those with eric mays
6: well that's a, <laughs> that's a big one that's a big one i like local government i like local government that's what i've studied and been involved in for over 30 years people tried to get me to run for state rep, and i said i like local government right now
4: eric you mentioned um that that tomorrow uh there's, I don't know, some kind of legal action that's going to be taken against the mayor, but you've been embroiled in some of your own legal actions, and it was recently determined that you should be responsible for the court charges in a suit you filed, the judge calling it a frivolous suit. $34,000 I, I know, right? And, and they said it was okay for the uh, city to... Get that money out of your pay as a city council person. Yeah,
6: Mr. Neely filed for that. You had four plaintiffs. I was one of the four. You had two licensed lawyers who drew up the lawsuit and filed it. But I think it's very interesting that Mr. Neely and Angela Wheeler only filed against me you know well, Eric, that's exciting that's exciting to me that I'm so important we <laughs> win and lose hey we win and lose lawsuits all the time but Eric, so,
4: i couldn't help wondering and i mentioned this uh, on our weekly political round table when it first came up that i you know i wondered um if you would end up stepping down to not have to pay that fee
6: the- no, Tom, look, let me explain something. Yeah, please. They can only take 25% of my council pay. That's out of $600 every two weeks. They can take $172 every two weeks until they get back $34,000. i have got a partial pension where I'm retired from General Motors. And then I've got my social security because I turned 63 a week or two ago. They can't mess with my base income. And so if I got a five-year term, they can take $172 to the cows come home. Because what happened was you had um, two lawyers that just didn't do a good thing and they lost. They didn't file right. They didn't communicate with me. I ain't heard from the lawyer in over a year. They filed it, and I ain't heard nothing else. Normally, if a lawyer is licensed and they filed a frivolous lawsuit and you have four plaintiffs, you know, you don't just pick out one plaintiff and say, we're going after you for a frivolous lawsuit. The judge only responded. To who Mr. Neely Nim picked out and went after. And so I'm used to being famous, $34,000. Maybe I got block club people, um, leaders who say, Maze, we're going to do a GoFundMe account and get that paid <laughs> off. Neely Nim is, you got to understand Mr. Neely. He's been at church with me for over 30 years. My father was the pastor, he married him baptized him when he was little. Mr. Neely ain't all the way honest. He tell half-truth. They outright lie. He manages his um, people in City Hall. Um, and a lot of them keep leaving because of his management style. When he first won and beat Mayor Neely by 205 votes, if you think back, in my opinion, he held an illegal press conference with John Gleason two weeks before the election, and inched his way through. This guy has been a disaster. Crime is high. The deficit and the budget is facing $17 million, and I want him gone. I want Kate Fields gone this year. I want Griggs gone and Neely next year. I'd vote for Ananick, Weaver, Pastor Miller, anybody running before I vote for some of these characters. So he's made me famous again. Thirty four thousand <laughs> times something.
4: Eric, let me uh let me squeeze one more thing in, because we just have a few minutes left. But um
6: Oh man, I thought you had from 9 to 12. I thought I was on here for three hours. If
4: uh, if anybody could talk for three hours, Eric, it would be you.
6: (laughs) They'll say the time from the show goes too long. It's because of Mays.
4: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's what they'd say. But but let's talk about something that's uh, that's going on current. I want to get your thoughts on this uh, before we wrap up today, Eric. And that's the... Club Sunilco and, and the Cheers market, um, the actions that are being taken, you've been resistant um, or, or the actions that have been proposed, you've been resistant to. And I just wonder what you think we need to do to address um, the apparent potential violence that, that happens around those kinds of gathering places.
6: Well, remember, Tom, I'm the same guy who had to represent myself. Um, even though me and Mr. Manley had a relationship, I represented myself and got bored, not guilty, when they were saying all kind of crazy stuff about me. The problem with clubs and the and Cheers and a lot of these establishments is no different than the problems residents have at their home. If they don't want people lottering out there, you know they call the police the police sometimes don't show whether it take them three hours two days whether they ever show and so i know this to be a fact i'm not going after people's liquor license and things of that nature when i know that they're calling the police and we don't have enough cars we don't have enough police on the street we got over 8,000 complaints where people telling on people backlogged in the police department. I've got a state police report asking that Neely's brother-in-law, his deputy chief of staff, Mr. Murdoch, be arrested for assaulting me and sending me to the hospital. The owner of Cheers went out there, got beat up. He went to the hospital. They will kill you people got guns they will kill you it's a police job and until the police do what they supposed to do when we call them to our home and to our businesses then i'm not going to punish those people because if the police will do their job or if we hire more we can advertise tv radio we got millions of dollars and 10 police now i'm exaggerating it's more than 10 and that's a tragedy our primary responsibility is to provide um protection um public health and safety it's just like the water settlement mr there and (laughs) and gretchen whitman wasn't involved in getting lawyers and fighting but they coming in trying to settle this stuff for peanuts and then you got council people Glad they endorsed somebody who was the wrong person, Kate Fields, Griggs, and Santino, and, them. and so I'm going to fight to get police services for stores, gas stations, and residents. When we do that, then I'll look at some of these extreme measures, confiscating cars and forfeiting cars and messing with people's liquor license because we don't have enough police to service our city.
4: Yeah, you're right about the uh, number of police. I think we have half the number of police officers that Lansing has with about the same population. Man,
6: you have have a shooting. You got three Flint police on the shooting, three cars left out there, six per shift. And I wouldn't care if it was 14 cars per shift. We have the money, we have the opportunity, and we don't have the political leadership on the council and in the mayor's office in order to um, recruit and hire people. You should be seeing ads on channel 12, Fox 66. It should be radio. They should be paying advertised on your show. So they haven't put their best foot forward. And Tom, let me be quiet because I want to keep my reputation that I'm humble, Quiet and don't talk a lot. <laughs> All right.
4: All right, Eric. Well I'll tell you it's been too long and some of that's because of the pandemic, but uh I'd be happy to have you back again uh sometime in the near future f- for the full hour and uh and talk uh and get all caught up. But uh, but keep on keeping on, Eric, and thanks for spending
6: time. It was good hearing from you. It has been a little while since we talked. Thanks for having me, and you can call me anytime, Tom, and let me set the record straight rather than people say stuff about me. They don't even really know me and don't understand me. Hell, I don't understand myself sometimes, but I'm working (laughs) for the people. God bless the residents of the city of Flint. All right, take care.
4: As First Ward City Councilman Eric Macy is the uh, incumbent, running unopposed on the ballot, there is a, uh, a write-in candidate. There, Well, there are a bunch of write-in candidates, but there's one in the First Ward, and we're going to talk with uh, her, Tanya Risen, uh, coming up in just a moment. So we'll take a, a very short break, and we'll be right back. <music> Armchair Politics is going to hell. Hell, Michigan, that is, and you are invited. On October 27th, Wednesday before Halloween, Armchair Politics will be broadcasting live from 9 a.m. to noon from the Hell Saloon in Hell, Michigan near Pinkney. This will be our first in-person meeting of the Tom Sumner Program's weekly roundtable Armchair Politics since the beginning of the pandemic. Join me and roundtable regulars Flint's premier political pundit Paul Rosicki on the left and longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter on the right, plus more on Wednesday, October 27th, 2021, starting at 9 a.m. at the Hell Saloon. Armchair Politics is going to hell, and you can too. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, As uh, mentioned uh, earlier, there are five candidates running as write-ins in this year's Flint City Council election. It'll be decided in November. One of them in the uh, first ward is Tanya Risen, who joins me by phone. Hi, Tanya. Welcome. Hi. How are you this morning, Tom? Thank you for having me. Um, Is it Tanya or Tanya? It's Tanya. Okay.
3: I, I Thank uh, for asking. People do that all the time. I'm either Tanya Risen or to get it, <laughs> or, um, Tanya Risen. What did it do? Well, I, I, I know on. the
4: <laughs> I know the name Ryzen, but the uh, A in uh, Tanya, that first A, uh, threw me off a little bit, as I'm sure it does other people. But what makes you want to put your name, however you pronounce it, up to be uh, a write-in candidate for the first Ward City Council? Uh,
3: because I think I'm well, I know I'm qualified to do the job. I'm a great organizer, a great, great enthusiastic. Um, The city the city of Flint, we need to be brought back better than what we have been doing. Uh, and we can do much better. I grew up in a great city, and I've watched it decline year after year after year. And I think that I have the attributes to bring to uh, my ward and to the community and to the city of Flint in a, uh, to enable us to do better and start to build up the city better and bring revenue into the city and change the wards, fix the wards, you know, make everybody comfortable.
4: Tanya, writing candidates are rare and they don't typically do well. Yet in this year's city council election, there are five. Why do you think there are so many?
3: Well, I know in my case, Um, I was told that I went outside of my ward, which after canvassing comes to be untrue. I've also gone back to those same people who gave me the signatures, and they are registered voters, and so in actuality, I needed 75 signatures, and I obtained 138. I was told that I was short three. I don't know how that, other than... Uh, me supposedly going outside of the war, in which I didn't. And so I informed them right then and there that I would be going as a write-in. I did uh, look up the information on write-ins, the, the percentage rate of them winning. Uh, I found that there has been two uh, write-in cases here, uh, candidates here in the city of Flint, and they did win, and both were female. And so I thought that those stats were very good for me myself. Uh, But I know my community. I gave back when the water crisis came. I got the fifteen blocks over here in my neighborhood. I gave out water, wash, waterless wash that you wash your body up with, and wipes. And I did this in correlation with a uh, group of people from out of Chicago, uh, Decatur, Illinois, actually. And it was called the Decatur Water Challenge. And so those people drove down three 18-wheeler trucks full of supplies, brought them here to me, and I went 15 bucks and I did that till the supplies ran out. Uh, I know of the other candidates, uh, one, which is Lakeisha uh, Terrell, She was told that her own family members' uh, signatures were not good, and that was incorrect. Um, I've been told by the other write ins that they were given uh, my many excuses of the reason why they were short. And so I am a person who, if I'm going to complain, I'm going to try to do something about it because complaining does nothing. And I really, really care about the city of Flint. And I really, really, really want to help. And I've got over 5,000 credit hours of volunteer service to the city that people don't even know about. But I'm just tired now, and I'm not going to let someone tell me that some signatures that I didn't get that I know I have discourage me because that just tells me that there's a reason why you don't want me to run. And that just makes me go after it even harder. So my nickname is Tenacious. And I don't know if anybody <laughs> knows what tenacity means. They need to look that way up, because I'm not going to explain tenacity. But my nickname is Tenacious. And so my reason for uh, going ahead and writing is because I felt like I was cheated just like the other candidates um, felt like they were cheated. And I don't see why we couldn't have just gone on on the ballot and let the people decide. And... You know, so that's as far as I know, uh, the reason that it is so many of us is because we were told that signatures didn't qualify or people didn't, or they weren't registered. And then after every investigation afterward, that information uh, is not true. And I still have copies of all my signatures. And so I'm able to go back to every single address, which is my neighbors, and we all go vote together. And so once I had went back and just double-checked myself, I found out that information to be incorrect.
4: Tanya, um, how do you go about campaigning when you're a write-in? You're asking a lot of people. Most people just go in, check a box, and and move on. And, and you're running against uh, a candidate who's been largely successful two election cycles in a row. Um, I, how do you go about campaigning and and getting the votes you need?
3: Well, I've had several fundraisers and I'm doing one uh, this Saturday actually um, at the hammer droppers in in the parking lot, not in the building so we can stay uh, COVID safe. Uh, But I am having another fundraiser in which I'm giving away uh, free pancake breakfast in the morning and lunch and afternoon and dinner evening and evening and just just a meeting greet so questions can be asked of me uh whatever they want to know or give me their concerns or even their complaints so that i can try to address them uh i have gotten out and canvassing with my team um i've also um, social media oh, i've been all over social media um i've gone on several radio shows i've had andre do a commercial for me uh, and most of it i am actually going to the people in my ward in which i have kind of a big ward here so i'm making my way around even though they may not have seen me they will see me soon but i've just been making my way around uh this past weekend uh, weekend before that, I uh, had another uh, fundraiser with Lakeisha, and she and I just had a band and a DJ, and we ate and had fun, and it was just a meet and greet. Uh, I am making myself available to all of the First water anyone wants to talk to me, so that they'll know who I am, what I stand for, and I stand for complete transparency in the city. I'm ready to work across the the aisles. I'm ready to get the city's business done. Not personal, not personal attacks, um, no fighting, none of that. I just want to work. For the people, I want the people to work with me and tell me what their com- comments and complaints and concerns and, and, and what they like about the ward and this life. I want to know what they think, because we all have to do this together. I cannot do this by myself.
4: What kind of response are you getting from people, Tanya? Uh,
3: I'm getting some great responses. Uh, it's about time. Uh, yes, we need to come back and build the city up. Yes, it's sad the way that things have been going. I mean, I live right here in the first ward myself. I'm not satisfied myself, and I discuss my dissatisfaction with my neighbors and my ward, the people that I know, and that I've come up and, and starting, you know, to know the area of different people, and they all hear the same thing: is that it's just time for a change, that they're tired. Um, they don't seem to have anything to look forward to. Um, there's nothing about a change. You know, everybody just wants a change. They want things to be better. And it hasn't been that way for, what, eight years? And it's, it's got to change. I mean, we can't go another four years like this. If we do, there won't be a city of Flint. There, we won't exist. I don't know what will happen to us, but I know it's not going to be good because we have to bring this city back. I've got Wilkins sitting up here that can be opened back up on Martin Luther King and Carpenter. A sleeping giant can be opened up for a rec center, healthcare, job training, exercise. It can be changed into so many different things. We need to wake these sleeping giants up, bring revenue. I want to help my first ward business, small business owners for us to get a place where they can be exposed to build their businesses better, that brings in revenue, that brings jobs. We just need to build up and we need to start with our own people, our own family, right here in our neighborhoods, And then we can work, well, then we can possibly work with others on the outside. But until you can work in your own home, I don't suggest that you go playing around in other people's
4: backyard. <laughs> Tanya, I have to take a short break here. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more about issues? Sure, I can. Sure, right. I can. My my guest is uh, Tanya Risen. She is the write-in candidate in the election for Flint City Council. That election will be decided in November. We're going to take a short break. Let our broadcast partner squeeze a few words in. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. Then we'll be right back
2: and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services.
0: Go. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council.
4: W.H. Wisecarper, a recent guest on the show, has pledged 50% of the proceeds from his book Twilight of Empire from sales between October 1st and October 31st to support the Tom Sumner program. W.H. Wisecarper, a former National Security Advisor and Counsel for the U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee, pulls no punches, fusing history with political intrigue in Twilight of Empire, the third of four planned novels in the Resurrection Saga series. W.H. Carver's book Twilight of Empire shows that the U.S. has all the wealth, science, and resources to solve every issue we face today. Twilight of Empire by W.H. Wise Carver is available on Amazon and Apple Books. For more information and to support the Tom Sumner Program, visit whwisecarver.com. The Tom
2: Sumner Program.com.
6: This is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
1: <laughs>
4: And hey, w- welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner program, and uh, what a coincidence that we had that one bumper from Eric Mays, who is the incumbent in the in the first ward and my guest earlier. But we're talking with the writing candidate in the first ward who wants to represent that uh, that ward on the Flint City Council, that election being held in November. Tanya Risen joins me by phone. And Tanya Welcome back and thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that.
3: Oh no, that's fine. That's fine. I'm a frontline worker and so today I did tell my patients I would be a little bit late, but I've been working since the pandemic started.
4: Um that's that's another thing that's uh, difficult I would think about campaigning this year as it would have been for candidates last year. Um is, is that presenting any special challenges, Tanya, as you try to campaign and, and encourage people yeah, to write you in?
3: Not really a challenge, but just more aware and being more attentive to make sure that we have our mask on. Not doing a whole lot of conversating, um, keeping it minimal because I do have a mask on and it kind of makes it hard to hear. A lot of people can't see my face, so I made sure that my face is on my flyers and on my postcards because of the mask. It makes it a little harder to gather together, I think. I think that's why the fundraisers on everybody's ends kind of suffer because of the pandemic and the issue of the COVID. And so I'm, um, I'm just keeping it safe, and I try to keep a safe distance. And we make sure that we have our hand sanitizers and none of us go out without a mask on at all. And so we just ask everybody else to be stay safe as well. And we're just following the rules that, and the guidelines um, and the science, you know, social distance and keep a mask on. And we're outside and while we're eating or whatever, you know, drop your mask or whatever. And then if you want to be that close and talk, then please put a mask on because we don't want to spread anything. <laughs> So it's been, it's been a little rough, you know, especially approaching people's homes and you're not sure of vaccinated and unvaccinated. Uh, fortunately, my entire team is vaccinated. Uh, I had to be because, of again, I'm a frontline worker. And I lost five patients, so I'm very cautious um, to make sure I keep my World War II patient going. And that's who I have now, so, uh, the veterans. Tanya yeah. just
4: before the break you started to touch on some issues and I thought maybe uh, I'd give you a chance to express what your thoughts are about what the issues are that that face the city council um, ahead and and what you think they're they're doing right and what they're doing wrong what what are your thoughts what are the things that we should be working on
3: The things I think we should be working on is the issues of the water and a resolution to this besides a a monetary settlement. People have to feel safe about the water that's coming into their their homes. I've been um, very unhappy that bills have to be paid, but we can't use the water. And nobody should pay for something that they cannot use. We need to find a resolution to make the city uh, citizens of Flint feel safe, that at least you can take a bath in the water and at some point maybe drink it, I, me personally, I'm not drinking the water. I use it, you know, of course, to bathe and all that, but it's just unsafe and it, I don't think that things have been transparent enough to make people feel safe. A lot of people are confused about it. You have some people saying take the settlement and then don't take the settlement. I think that we all need to collectively be together when a decision is made. I don't know exactly how these other decisions were made for people. And then they didn't speak to us as citizens because no one spoke to me while they was making settlement decisions and all that. I do know that we're getting the money from the infrastructure, which should go to the citizens of Flint, in some form, and maybe not to, I'm not going to talk ridiculous and say pay everybody's whole water bill, but what I will say is there should be a percentage that the city should be willing to pay on everybody's bills across the board to at least get everybody back down and find a way to get the rates of the water back down. We pay for more of uh, service bills and extra service charge of that than we are actually in the water usage. So something has to change there. and also bringing in recreational activities for the youth in our city. There's nothing for them to do. Okay, So I don't mind, that's not a good thing, because all kinds of little things can pop in. You're here and you can do things. We need to give our young people in the city of Flint some structure. So at this point, I'm with the, it takes a village to raise a child. I never even really thought about it like that until I see kids not having anything to do. And social media, that is totally not acceptable. (laughs) They need to be able to be outside and socialize and learn structure, responsibility, courtesy, humanity, patience, love, kindness. They need to have... Character. And we can teach them this, and they need to learn skills. We need to help our young so that they can do well as older individuals, as adults, and be looking forward to living instead of just one day at a time and all the violence that's going on. And I don't like the idea of a master plan or the city going green. So that's another issue. A lot of citizens don't know about that. They have no idea that it's a possibility that their properties could be taken away from them. Tanya, who Um, do
4: you think should be collecting the trash?
3: I think that the city of Flint should own their own trash uh, sanitation department again like we used to. That's how I feel about it. I don't understand why we can't get uh, our own sanitation department now, especially with the money coming in from the federal government. It's what, $94 million, so why can't we have our own, which would give our city people jobs. That'll put jobs, that's revenue. Those people put the money back into the economy. So that is a way for us to have more revenue coming in. We shouldn't have our own. We don't even have our own newspaper. I mean, this is ridiculous. We can't get people to um, apply to be police officers. Or apply for an EMS job. I, I just it's just seeming that. But how do you, how do you make those things different?
4: I, you know, a lot of us know that there are problems and big challenges. Whether well, it's, it, it is
3: positivity, and you have to have people that are willing to work towards the goal. I can't just talk about it. I have to start out working towards that. I, I need to go and talk to people, those that are in charge. I need to speak with people who are doing uh, over the water situation and find out where the money went and what is going on with the money for the water crisis. And is anybody getting recompensated for it? We need to have a city council that handles our city business, not personal. This is city business not going back and forth and arguing you say you asked me what was wrong with city council i never see him use the roberts rules or the rights i've never seen that done i hardly hear about the charter and i know about that and i discontinued watching them when you hold four and five and six and seven hour meetings i can't do that i have a i have a life and other people do too and it's very confusing when all you do is sit and argue all the time That is total abnormal behavior, and I refuse to be a part of that. And I don't want that representation coming from someone from out of my ward. That's not me. If I want someone to have someone represent me, I want them to at least be somewhat like me and have my ideas or like minded. And that's not what's happening. Do you
4: think one one, person can make a difference in the in the? in, in in the, what, um, professional conduct
3: of uh, the city council? Oh, I'm absolutely positively sure. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's funny. I use an analogy when people ask me this exact question, and I tell them this. I say, you know, negativity is like peanut butter. You know how you can just spread it? It'll just spread all over the bed real easy for you. But positivity is like jelly. It takes a minute to get it you know, warmed up to the bread, you know, <laughs> to get it to spread the right way. And this is the way I'm looking at it. No, I do not have all the answers. But I'm sure collectively we all can come up with different ideas and our attributes and put them all together and we can make it change. Well, Tanya, we've got a people that's willing to make that change. You must be positive. You must be open-minded. You have to listen and be empathetic, and you have to be willing to work with people.
4: Tanya, we have to uh, we have to bring it to a close here, but I want to make sure you get a chance to let people know where they can find out more about you and your campaign.
3: Uh, They can go right to Tanya Rising for First Ward City Council on the Facebook. I don't have a web page, but I did do a campaign page on Facebook, and you surely can find me. And other than that, you can find me under Tanya Tenacious Rising. <laughs> well, and inbox me, and I will get back with you. Or you can reach us at 810 394 3388. That is the campaign line, 810 394 3388. And we'll make sure that we turn around and have a 24-hour turnaround that we will get back in contact with you.
4: Well, Tanya, thanks for spending this time with me. Keep on keeping on.
3: Thanks so much. I surely appreciate it, Time Have a great, wonderful, blessed day. Take care.
4: That was Tanya Risen, a write-in candidate for the first ward. We'll get into the second ward right You after pilots, this. get
0: off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Come on, get out of here!